Welcome to the Get a Job, Here's How podcast, the practical how-to guide for women returning to the workforce, recent grads, and those looking to get the job of their dreams. Now, here's the founder of the Back to Business Women's Conference and your host, Katie Dunn. Welcome to the Get a Job, Here's How podcast. I'm Katie Dunn, founder and CEO of Back to Business and your host. I'm here to help you get a job, and I'm not just going to share advice on our topic in each episode. I'm going to tell you exactly how to do it, because here's how are two of my favorite words. It's get a job, here's how. Let's get started. My guest today is Mir Garvey. Mir is the founder of Job Market Solutions and an expert resume writer and LinkedIn profile writer. Job Market Solutions is based in Raleigh and has offices in Seattle, Boston, Irvine, California, Austin, Texas, and Raleigh. And they've helped thousands of job seekers prepare their resumes and LinkedIn profiles. Mir is a certified professional resume writer and volunteers her time with Dress for Success. She's also a speaker at the Back to Business Women's Conference. Mir is here today to talk about how to work with a resume and LinkedIn profile writer. This is really important because these are your job search tools. Your resume and your LinkedIn profile represent you. They are your face to potential employers. And you can easily get thrown out of the consideration pool for a job if your resume stinks or your LinkedIn profile is lame. Also, Mir pointed out to me in an earlier conversation that your resume may not even be seen by a human being if it's not optimized to get past applicant tracking system filters. So working with a resume writer is a great way to ensure that your resume reflects current thinking and trends in hiring. A good resume writer will be a wordsmith, they'll be great with language, they'll be able to suggest ideas, formatting, action verbs that you may not even have thought of. If you're going to invest in a professional to help you with these tools, and I suggest you do, you want to make the most of your investment by working productively with them. And Mir is going to tell us exactly how to do that. Mir, welcome to the podcast. I already shared some of your background, <laughs> but please introduce yourself to the audience. Hi, Katie, and thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm so excited that you're offering this service to your listeners and the people that you've been helping for years now. I love the work that I do. I always enjoy hearing people's career timelines and how they evolved over time to end up in the positions that they are. So many people get a degree in something and try something and then shift and then survive a layoff and do something different or take a break and have to reinvent. It's always interesting to hear people's stories and help them take the next step, whatever that is. Yeah, good point. I know I like that you said that because I think careers really aren't linear anymore. People do jump around and have the mm -hmm. ability to make really dramatic career changes. And that's a really Very good true. thing. I think if you have multiple interests and you can satisfy them all during your career, it's a very mm -hmm. cool thing to think about. Right, let's get to know Mir a little bit. Mir, tell us who is your most listened to artist on Spotify. I'm sad to say that most of my music choices have to do with my 12-year-old's music choices. <laughs> so he has quite the diverse music playlist. We actually went to his first concert this year, which was the Tours. So we, we oh. played a lot of their stuff. And he's always been a Beatles fan. So 
Nice. There's a lot of Beatles in our playlist, but you know, when I'm listening to my own music, I'm usually running. So that's definitely rap or Lizzo. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love that. Lizzo has very much grown on me. <laughs> it's nice when you have to pump yourself up with a, you know, I can do anything I put my mind to message. I like yes. her for that. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So tell us what is the best job that you have ever had and why? Well, I'd have to say it's the job I have now. You know, this job is a privilege. It's my 10th year in business. I've been self-employed for almost 20 years, but um, just writing resumes and LinkedIn profiles and cover letters for 10. It was just me for the first five years, and now I have two writers and a project manager who work with me. And so together, we're able to provide job search resources to people all over the country, as you pointed out. And, you know, when you write resumes for a living, you get to help people at a time that is very often stressful anyway. You know, job change often comes with life change, whether that's, you know, you've been taking care of aging parents and now you're ready to get back to work or you've been taking care of children and now it's time to go back to work and you just sent your littlest one off to kindergarten, which is always a mixed <laughs> A time of mixed emotions. <laughs> right. But you know, it can be a divorce, a layoff. And so people uh, are overwhelmed already. We can come in with a very concrete, tangible service and help somebody who's, you know, feeling overwhelmed, help push them forward in achieving their, their next step, which is a privilege. That's great. You must have seen a lot of success stories along the way. And that's got to be very motivating for you and the work that you do. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think the main thing that, you know, it's like a side effect that people often don't think about in working with a professional to write a resume is, you know, they are a part of the process. So when we get to the end of it, because they've contributed, they are just naturally more prepared to handle interview questions and are feeling more confident. You know, I have people say all the time at the end, like, wow, I'm looking at this piece of paper and I know that it's my work experience, but wow, I look really good. Or wow, <laughs> I would hire me. So we actually hear that quite often. And, and that's always a good feeling. Yeah, nice. That's, that's when you know you've done a good job, I guess. Somebody looks at their <laughs> resume and says, wow, damn, I'm really good. <laughs> that's great. So let's talk about how to work with a resume writer and LinkedIn profile writer like yourself. So this might be kind of obvious, but tell us why you chose this how-to topic to talk about, because I kind of gave you the choice, and obviously this is your expertise, but why is it important to you that people know how to sort of enter into this relationship to make it productive? This isn't something I often get a chance to talk about because people who call me to hire my team have already made the decision that they want to. So this isn't something I get to talk about very often, but I think it's really important. The reason that I picked this particular topic is because I personally believe that, you know, you ought to get the, you know, a great value for the dollar. If you're going to spend money on a service, you want the best outcome possible. And I would say 99% of the time, our clients, you know, people who hire us to write their job search materials, they trust the process and take our guidance. And they understand the importance of their input in the process. So that's, you know, far and away the more common scenario. 
when we work together like that, we end up with an accurate document. It's persuasive in tone. It's tailored for their intended audience. And it's something that the client is excited about. But to get there, it needs to be collaborative. Every now and then, you know, we get a client who falls into either one of two camps. And it's really kind of the same. It's the same spectrum. It's just two extremes of the same spectrum. You know, on the one hand, someone doesn't want to be involved at all. You know, I hired you because I didn't want to do this. I want to outsource it. And you know, we have to pick your brain. We have to ask questions. We have to get your answers and incorporate them in a way that makes sense. We have to make sure with your help that everything's 100% accurate. You know, if we have a digit in your phone number wrong or a, a date of employment wrong, we can't know that that's inaccurate unless you've fact-checked some of those things. And on the other extreme, we sometimes get clients who don't trust the process and therefore, you know, they don't really benefit from all that we stand to bring to the project. So in these instances, the quote unquote finished resume often looks an awful lot like the resume that the client brought with them to start with. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of do our normal thing where we make suggestions and they come back and we, we push back and explain our rationale. And ultimately, you know, like I learned in my first job, during college waiting tables, the customer is always right. And at a certain point, you know, it, it is our job to go, okay, we can, we can do it that way. But again, you know, where's the value? Why did you pull us in to help you? So that's, that's a pitfall. So one pitfall is when you decide to hire a writer, knowing this is not something you can just outsource. And the other pitfall is to understand that, you hired professionals because of their expertise, because we do this every day. And we are making suggestions based on best practices and what we learn at the annual conference and our understanding of how applicant tracking systems work. So together, again, the, the big message, let's collaborate on this. The end result will be better for it because we both brought our A-game to the process. That makes a ton of sense. So if I'm a job seeker and I hire you to work on my resume, but I'm kind of difficult to work with, or maybe I fall into one of those two categories that you just mentioned, what, what's the outcome? Like what happens then? You know, the best possible outcome is that it's a resume that will work uh, with computers. It'll work against the applicant tracking systems. It'll work with human beings, you know, people who skim it quickly in six to seven seconds, we'll decide to keep reading. And when they do, they will read a little further or more correctly said, you know, they'll skim a little bit more and decide to put your resume in the short stack. I will say my favorite kind of client is that very picky perfectionist client because it's, it, you know, to me, that's not a quote unquote difficult client because they are trusting the process, but they have very high standards and I'm that kind of client. So I, I respect that a lot. You know, we don't do anything slapdash. So we really love working with clients who take it seriously and want the finished product to be not only something they love, but something that's, you know, perfect. And really, lastly, it should feel authentic to them. It should really reflect the things that they're passionate about the aspects of their experience that is their strongest suit and also most relevant and transferable to their goals. Talk a little bit about the expertise that you and your team bring to every resume project, every LinkedIn profile project that you work on. Now, I always like to say the client is the subject matter expert in their career, their goals, 
their industry. You know, we are subject matter experts in something else. You know, it's the stuff that you came to us to help you with in the first place. So what are the current trends in resume design? How do applicant tracking systems work? How do we play that game? We know what hiring managers are looking for in a resume, you know, as they skim in those six to seven seconds, what are they looking to find? We've got experience writing resumes for other professionals in your field. So if you're a project manager in software as a service technology, we've written those resumes before. So we we have experience in in the different fields of professionals that we work with. And so we can leverage that and share with you, you know, or share in your resume some of the the verbiage that we know works. And of course, we've got strong writing, editing, and proofreading skills. I think that goes without saying. Let's dig into the how to work with a resume writer. What would you say is the first step to really having a productive relationship with your resume and LinkedIn profile writer? Well, it, it really does have to begin with choosing the right person. You know, pretty routinely, we get a call from someone who just spent, you know, $150 with a resume writer on the internet who, you know, promised to turn around a perfect resume in 48 hours and we are rewriting that resume. So that <laughs> does happen. So I think choosing the right resume uh, writer, the right LinkedIn profile writer is the first best step. So when you look for that person, ideally, you would have an opportunity to have a phone call with that person. And when you talk to the person, you want to find out if they are the ones who are actually writing your resume. So in my case, we're a team of three and my two writers work collaboratively with me. And we, all three of us actively write resumes every day. And um, so if I'm going to assign a resume writing project to one of my two writers, I'll tell the person, you know, I'm not going to personally write your resume, but I'll assign it to Mary or I'll assign it to Betsy. And, you know, I do look at everything that goes out the door. So who's writing your resume? Is it going to be outsourced to someone else? You also want to ask how much input you're going to have, how many revisions will be allowed, and are there any hidden fees for, you know, extra rounds of review? So those are good questions to ask. Of course, you want to look at samples of their work, resume samples, LinkedIn samples, look for online reviews. This is actually a really hard industry to get online reviews for because number one, people don't necessarily want anyone to know that they're looking for jobs. And then number two, they want people to think they wrote their own resume. <laughs> so, <laughs> ah, yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but that makes yeah, a lot of sense. Know, like, I think it's like getting, you know, five stars if you're a personal trainer. It's like, uh, you know, I really don't want to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> I did it myself. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, but check Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, Yelp. You should be able to see some, you know, a lot of five-star reviews. You can ask about certifications. We have three major certifications in our industry. You know, do they do, does the writer, does their team go to the annual conference? Are they staying current with the latest trends in resume design and how applicant tracking systems are changing? And then, of course, you know, as with any service provider, compare prices, compare process, um, ask how you're going to be asked to provide input. I talked before about how important it is to contribute to the process. And of course, you'll have to provide something up front. You know, we ask for your old resume, whatever shape it's in, three sample job ads that together are a good representative cross-section of the types of jobs you're looking for. So at the right level, in the right industry or mix of industries and in the right functional space. So 
so we get a good sense of how we are going to position you in your new resume, where can we be laser focused, and where do we need to give you some flexibility. So Mira, um, you're looking at what they have done in the past, which is on their old or current resume, but you're also asking for where are you trying to get to in the future, and you're building the resume with both of those things in mind. Is that true? Absolutely. And I would say it's most important to look at where they want to go in the future, because we may reverse engineer the work history so that it eliminates a lot of content that isn't transferable or relevant. Mm -hmm. We may disproportionately emphasize a part of your job that wasn't a major part of your job, but because it's most transferable, we're going to give it more visibility and more real estate on the resume. So yes, the, the goal matters a lot and we will overlay the goal with your previous experience and find out where the common threads are. And then from there, decide what to cut, consolidate uh, and what to highlight or add. I bet you've seen some funny resumes. Oh, yes, of course. But really, you know, we see a lot of pretty good resumes that could be great. I would say a couple times a month, someone, and I offer a free critique to anybody, and I will get on the phone with them and say, you know what, I might do things a little bit differently, just subjectively because of my style or my preference. But what I, I think what you have right here is really pretty good. You know, I mm-hmm. might give them a free, a couple free ideas about how they could improve it or, you know, make it a little more modern. For instance, you know, the industry has moved away from including the full street address. It's really just city, state, zip. So gosh, if that's the one thing I might tell someone as in terms of like, here's how you could make your resume a little more uh, updated, but in terms of the content and the layout, it's fantastic. I, you know, I'll say it time and again, you know, I don't want you to spend money with us just to create an equally good but different resume. I think you're in good shape. You mm-hmm. know, if you if you send it out and it's not working, come back. I have no qualms about telling someone, I think this is a pretty good document. So I yes, we've seen some some pretty bad ones. I actually saw a resume one time, literally four words, first name, <laughs> last name, sandwich maker. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and did they want to continue to be a sandwich maker. <laughs> yes, they did. They wanted to be a sandwich maker. So we fleshed that out a little bit, you know, deli meat slicing skills and so forth. Uh, well, the world needs sandwich makers. I can tell you that. So there is a place for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. What is the second thing that you think is important about working productively with your resume writer? Well, I touched on this a little bit earlier, but I think it's worth repeating. And that is just to keep an open mind about your writer's ideas and suggestions. You know, you hired a writer because you ideally trust their expertise in resume and LinkedIn profile writing. I think everybody lacks objectivity about their skills and abilities. I know a lot of people, women in particular, struggle with balancing. I know I should promote my skills, but I'm just not comfortable tooting my own horn. You know, we hear that a lot. And so our job is to kind of push the envelope. And when people are making a transition, they're changing industries or changing functional roles. A lot of times people aren't sure which of their skills are most transferable. And even if they are, they're not sure the best way to highlight those skills. And then I think the most anxiety inducing part of the whole process is that people just don't know how to play the applicant tracking system game. 
And, you know, if you just do a quick Google search for, you know, resume writing tips, everybody says, oh, you've got to get past the ATS, but people just don't really know how to do that. And so, you know, that's where we come in. Give us a tip on getting past those applicant tracking systems. I don't want you to give away all your secrets, but give us a good one. No (laughs) secrets, no secrets. We use a tool called JobScan. Internally, when we write our resumes, we'll take the first draft and run it against the three job ads that we ask the client to provide. And if we don't get a good score, we'll go back and make sure that we have included enough keywords and the right keywords to bump the score up. And that's before we even deliver the first draft to our clients. When we're done with the resume and we deliver the the final version four, which is the proofread final resume, we give our clients some guidance on how to use that tool. You can go to jobscan.co. It's out there. It's initially free. Eventually you do have to subscribe, but you know, you, you paste in the job ad, you upload your resume and you run an analysis. And so you will get a percent match and you'll also get some suggestions about how to boost your match. And it's not an exact science. You know, you may be, you know, dinged for not including management, although the word management, but you certainly covered that topic with terms like manage or manager. You You do have to kind of parse through the feedback that you get when you run a job scan analysis, but very often there are good suggestions about how to better revise your resume to compete against or compete for one particular job ad that you're getting ready to apply for. Is an ATS that particular, that if it's looking for management, it won't pick up on manage or manager? Well, the ATSs have really gotten much better over the last few years. What we learned at our last professional conference, which was in Florida in Clearwater last April, the way ATSs are getting better and better at making those kinds of intelligent differentiations, how they have gotten you know, smarter, but actually from the job seekers perspective, a little more challenging is that the HR person using the ATS has more customized search capacity. So for instance, like Mm -hmm. if you go to Zillow or Redfin or something like that, and you're looking for a home, you can say, I want a three bedroom, two bath in this zip code with a garage, you know, and, and run a search. And that's kind of how the ATSs work from the HR person's perspective. So they can say, I would like to see, you know, project managers in this zip code with five years experience. And maybe you are a project manager and you have more than five years experience, but you're just outside that zip code. That person would never even see your resume, even if it's perfectly keyword optimized. So some of the things we can control and and we should, you know, do all we can to be optimized for the right keywords. But some of the filters that exist on the company side of the table, you know, we can't, that's not within our control. So the systems keep to, keep evolving and we keep adjusting and trying to make sure that our clients have every advantage possible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as you say that, I'm thinking that's one of the huge advantages of working with a professional resume writer is I... As a job seeker, I can't keep up on how these things are changing, but you can. Right. And so that's a huge advantage of working with someone like you is having having you focus on your expertise and then getting to benefit from all that you know. And that's continually changing and updating, as you said. So I think that's an important point to note. Returning to work after a career break? 
Let us walk you through every step of that process. The Back to Business Women's Conference on February 21st in Research Triangle Park, North Carolina was made for you. We've jam-packed into one day everything you need to know to get motivated and be successful in your job search. Register online at backtobusinessconference.com. We're talking about people having an open mind about your ideas and suggestions and kind of reminds me of a friend of mine who always asks for my advice. And then when I give it, she argues with me. (laughs) And I know that's just how she like processes things and she's making decisions and wants to explore every angle, but you probably get that too, right? You suggest things and people's people push back on that. How do you handle that? Well, I'll give you a specific example, but this isn't, you know, out of left field. This has happened before. I had one particular client who, and I know you work with a lot of relaunchers, you know, people who've taken a career break for one reason or another, and now they're looking to get back into the workforce. This is the case for that woman. She had been an attorney. She uh, earned her JD degree and worked for a few years in a law office and then took a number of years off to raise her children. And going back to work, she was applying for executive assistant roles, which she was, of course, after you know years of managing a household and supporting her husband, who was an executive, she was like, you know, I can do this job with one hand tied behind my back. <laughs> and so we wrote her executive assistant resume and it was very strong. And I suggested that we cut the JD degree because I felt like it would um, flag her as overqualified or potentially people might think, gosh, we can't afford to pay her what she might want to make. Or from her perspective, she was very proud of that and she worked really hard for it. And it was one of her life accomplishments. She didn't want to cut it. And I said, okay, let's, let's just uh, see how it goes. And about three or four weeks in, she came back around and said, "Ah, I'm not getting any responses. Let's maybe take it off and see. And I said, okay, let's try. So we did that. And she immediately started getting callbacks and invitations to interview. So I think, you know, that's just one example of how hard it can be for people to let go of work that they're proud of, you know, projects they worked really hard on, things that they received recognition for. But sometimes in trying to create a logical narrative, because, you know, people's job uh, timelines can be wonky, sometimes it makes sense to cut content. That's fascinating that she could make that change and see the results immediately. And I tell people all the time, I want to hear back from you one way or another. If you get invited to an interview or you get the job, please email us, you know, please put it on Yelp. (laughs) Right. And, you know, in fact, every Friday on my LinkedIn and Facebook feeds, I post my favorite thank you email of the week. I'll just pull an excerpt and and post it every Friday. So you can kind of scroll back and see you know, the good news reports we're getting. So if you're a month in from working with us and you're not getting results, I want you to come back. I want to hear about it because let's troubleshoot. Very often I'll say, all right, send me the last three jobs you applied for. And usually what's happened, why they're not getting a response is because the, the goal, the target has moved. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that's due to, you know, it's not their fault. You know, they're applying for the jobs that are out there right now. But when the target moves and we wrote the resume for a different target, yeah, it's not going to be 
as successful as it could be. So very often, just with a few tweaks, we can realign the resume with the target, the re- the real target, and then we see the results pick up right away. And I've seen your Friday thank you email postings, and I love that. That's really great. I think that probably <laughs> also gives people who are considering working with you a good sense of what kind of relationship you have with your clients and the kind of results that you're getting too. Talk to us about step three in working productively with your resume writer. Uh, lastly, remember that you're the expert in your field. You're the expert in your goals, your career path. Your writer should ask for and welcome your feedback and edits. So if this is a collaborative process, yes, you need to trust your writer, but your writer also needs to trust you. That writer ought to be 100% open to your feedback, your guidance, your preferences, your constructive criticism, the style that you want to project on your resume. You know, we write a resume on three levels. There's the visual kind of look and feel, the organizational structure of it, fonts and things like that. Number two, there's the content. Are bullet points parallel? Are we using action verbs? Of course, is all the spelling and grammar correct? Is the punctuation consistent? So that's the content. But then the third level, and this is what a lot of people don't think about, but there is this persuasive argument that we have to make. And that revolves around knowing who your audience is, knowing what they're looking for, and really thinking about how you're going to present your brand and your work history and your skills in a way that's going to appeal to that audience. As writers, we have to rely on you to bring some of that to the fore. For instance, with the persuasive argument, as your writer prompts you about skills and experiences that you may have, you've got to fill in those blanks. So like we look at the three job ads that we ask someone to provide. And if we see skills listed in the job ads that aren't in the old resume, that's our job to say, you know, hey, have you done this? Have you done that? And the the client may come back and go, no, I really, I haven't. And we're like, okay, that's that's fine. We just need to make sure we cross it off the list. So we asked. And sometimes they come back and go, well, not officially, but, you know, I was asked to be the interim team lead for this, that, and the other. And then, okay, that's something we can use. So it's our job to kind of see the gaps and ask questions about, um, to help generate content that we can include on the new resume. I think that's also really important is having, like you said, people lose the objectivity about their own experience. So sometimes Mm -hmm. someone will ask you a question and you'll say, you know, gosh, I did do that, but I didn't think it was important at the time. Mm -hmm. But now Mm -hmm. maybe that is a really important piece of information that needs to go on the resume. So I can see where the collaboration in this whole process is really going to be beneficial. With relaunchers and how we need to question them about their volunteer roles and their community roles to ferret out that kind of professional messaging. That's really important because when you volunteer, number one, you probably didn't, you know, think much of it at the time. You probably didn't write down anything that you did. You probably maybe weren't even privy to the, the numbers um, behind what you were doing. When we ask people, you know, they tend to minimize like, oh, yeah, I organized my elementary school's 5K. Well, tell me about that. Well, we had 600 runners. And I mean, I guess I could find out what they ended up raising. I know it was at least 50,000. Oh, well, tell me more about that. Yeah, (laughs) that's a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like a full time job. (laughs) As we keep kind of 
digging and, and sometimes they have to go back and, you know, fact check or ask questions. But there is a lot of good professional in nature content that a lot of, you know, women in particular who've volunteered for 10 years, 15 years, they have run committees. You know, they have organized big projects and pulled off huge events. Good point. Good point. You talk about when you work with somebody who's in a niche field that maybe you are not all that familiar with. How do you handle working with those clients? Well, I think this comes back to acknowledging that the client is a subject matter expert in their field. There are certain resumes that we see a lot of, but every, like for instance, in 10 years, I've only written one resume for a a neuroscientist. (laughs) Obviously I'm well out of my area of expertise there. We do have to ask the client to be the expert. And so for instance, how this might play out is we are trying to maybe shorten a bullet or or combine two bullets into one or or play up the impact of a certain point. And in doing so, we inadvertently change the meaning. So the client needs to, without being frustrated, you know, kind of come back and go, okay, I see what you're trying to do here, but we've actually changed the meaning. Now it's not really correct anymore. So let's, you know, let's work it together so that we accomplish what you're trying to do, which is to make it more impactful or to get it to be, you know, get it shorter, but still accurate. Another example of how we might kind of, you know, uh, push and push back with a client is, you know, we're trying to maybe boost the impact and, and uh, we give someone too much credit for a project or an outcome. Most clients come back and say, uh, I'm a little uncomfortable with, you know, you saying that I led that project. Let's say that I co-led or I collaborated with the such and such team to lead the project. So those are the kinds of conversations that we routinely have. Our job is to push the envelope and to elevate the things that you've done. And your job is to come back and make sure that it's always, always, always accurate and a good reflection of of what you've done in your prior roles. That's a delicate balance too. I think people maybe struggle with on a resume is the, did I do this or did the team do this? How much Mm -hmm. credit can I take for that? I could see where that would be something that you might go back and forth on a client with. For sure. And especially, you know, the higher up you get in your career. So at the director and executive level, it's even harder because you really aren't the person with boots on the ground doing the thing anymore. Very often, you know, you're developing the strategy, you're getting buy-in for the vision, you're holding the team accountable, but, you know, you're not the one actually, you know, doing the thing anymore. So that's what makes director and executive level resumes hard to write. So people need to be really open to the kind of give and take process Mm -hmm. here that goes into making this a productive process. Well, let's kind of summarize these three steps because I thought they were really great. And hopefully this this gets you better clients <laughs> in the sense that <laughs> they, people who are come to you already with a sense of what to expect and how this all works. I think that's great and also gets better results for people who are looking for their resumes and LinkedIn profiles to be really sharpened up. So the first step was choose the right resume and LinkedIn profile writer for you. And I think you covered some good ground there as far as talking about how you work for clients and why it's important that the relationship is this give and take. You talked about kind of knowing things up front as far as how the process will work, what the pricing looks like, 
what kind of certifications your resume writer has, and also what kind of relationship they have with their clients. So some of that mm-hmm. you can find out online. Some you kind of need a conversation, I think, to go through and ask some of those important questions that you mentioned. And also probably you get a lot of referral business. Is that oh, right, Mir? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And repeat business, you know, four years later, it's time for a promotion. It says or- a lot about the quality of what you do for your clients. I've been sending people to you for years now, <laughs> and I know they've all been very happy. So oh, that's great. That's nice to hear. Yeah. Thank you. So then the second step was try to keep an open mind about your writer's ideas and suggestions, because after all, you hired this person for their expertise in resume and LinkedIn profile writing. And I think that's a really important point that goes back to the collaboration that's required here to get this process right and to have an outcome that everybody's happy with. And then the third point was remember that you're the expert in your field your goals and your career path, and that you should be working with a writer who asks for and welcomes Mm -hmm. your feedback and your edits. And again, I think collaboration is sort of the key word for this whole podcast episode, because for this relationship to really work well, it has to be collaborative and give and take on both ends. Your writer should genuinely be invested in your success. They see that, you know, you are a real person on the other end of the phone and they're in a position to help you. And you should feel like they're on your team, that they're there to answer questions. They're there to field whatever situations come up and even moving forward, that they're going to be available even after the job is done to to help you out if you need it, give you a referral, send you to a good LinkedIn photographer, you know, answer questions, give them resources. You know, those are the kinds of things that our clients can expect from us. Yep. Okay, great. So we actually talked a lot about resume, but not so much about LinkedIn profile writing. What's something that's really important they need to keep in mind through that process? Well, just like with the resume, although for a different reason, it should be keyword optimized. So, you know, with a resume, we talk about the applicant tracking systems, but with LinkedIn, We want your LinkedIn page to pop up in recruiter searches for jobs you'd actually want to hear about. And so in order for that to happen, the LinkedIn content needs to be optimized. You've got to have the right keywords in there. That's the first most important thing that I think a lot of people don't think about. The photo is huge. One study found that recruiters spent 19% of their time on any given LinkedIn site just looking at the photo. Oh, wow. I, yeah. Hmm. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> right. What it, what I'm going to think about is, that. Right. And, and, you know, I'm, you know, we don't sell LinkedIn headshot photography, but I tell every client, tell them that stat. Your photo needs to be the very best picture of you and it needs to be current and it needs to be flattering. And, you know, we don't want to mess that up. That's important. What I hear from hiring managers over and over is that the resume is used to narrow down the pool of candidates. And then LinkedIn is used to say, okay, of these 10 people, which three do we want to bring into interview? And so LinkedIn is your opportunity to cover things that you you just don't cover on the resume because that's just not what resumes are for. And giving that hiring manager a little bit of a sense of what it might be like to work with you. Hmm, He would fit in here. or I would probably like working with her. It varies for everybody. The LinkedIn profiles are much more creative in terms of you know, they're a creative writing piece versus mm. the resume, which is 
you know, has a certain voice and all resumes kind of sound the same in terms of, you know, we're going to talk in the third person, we're going to keep things action oriented, but LinkedIn, you know, it's more casual, it's more conversational. We write it in the first person. We can talk about what it is you're passionate about. You know, I love identifying the talent and the people around me and building that, building teams, developing people, seeing them succeed. It can be about how you got into your line of work. You know, I remember one profile, it was a programmer and he said, you know, my parents gave me an Apple IIe on my 11th birthday and I've been programming ever since, you know. So people have interesting stories and stuff that won't go on the resume may make total sense on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Good. Good. Good distinction there. So if you are listening and you need professional help with your job search tools, such as your resume or your LinkedIn profile, here's how you can reach Mir. You can email at info at jobmarketsolutions.com or find Mir on LinkedIn and Mir, let's spell your name so everybody knows how exactly to find you on LinkedIn. The first name's Mir, M-I-R. And last name's Garvey, G-A-R-V-Y, Mir Garvey. Awesome. So you can also see Mir in action at the Back to Business Women's Conference in Research Triangle Park, North Carolina on February 21st. And Mir will be speaking specifically about how to write your resume if you've got a gap in your career because you took time off. So you can find more information about the conference at backtobusinessconference.com. Thank you for joining us. And Mir, thank you for being here and sharing everything you know. I think that was great. And people probably learned a ton. I feel like oh, everyone's going to go home and polish up their resume and, and give you a call. <laughs> Thanks, Katie, for all that you do to help people, you know, develop professionally and feel supported and connect with each other. And also, thank you for having me on your podcast today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, glad you could be here. All right, so now that you know how to work with a resume and LinkedIn profile writer, go do it. I believe in you. Subscribe to our email list at backtobusinessconference.com for weekly job search advice. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Get a Job, Here's How podcast. You can find all the information from this episode in our show notes at www.backtobusinessconference.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please write a review so that we can reach more people. Now that you know how, go do it.